Wrestling Comedy Time podcast. I'm Aaron Sorrell. And I'm Brian Atkinson. Today, our guest is Adam Deggy. Adam Deggy was born in Grand Rapids, Whitehall. He's not just another straight white male comedian, he's bald. And his talent and joke writing separates him from the pack. Today, we're going to talk to him about the good, the bad, and the funny. My wife is, uh, she's great. I hope she doesn't leave me. Uh, I need her, and uh, I find her very attractive. I don't know if you guys have seen a woman like my wife, but she has like full, full coverage health insurance. I don't know if you guys. That's the best, yeah. (laughs) Thank you for being on the show, Adam. Adam, we are so happy to have you here. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. This is uh, a long, a long time coming. I feel like I've been waiting my whole life for this. <laughs> it does <laughs> seem like uh, that. We've had some, and you feel like you're ready. Huh? Yeah, yeah, I've prepared some fits and starts trying to make it happen, but mm-hmm. we, we're here uh, now. Uh, you just mentioned your wife there, uh, your wife Nicole. Yes. yes, and you just told me before we started recording that uh, you guys are expecting. We, uh, well, I mean. It's more than an expectation at this point. I mean, it, it's I, I'm pretty sure it's it's going to happen. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I figure so. And you, you guys have uh, is this your first kid or it is our first or, child? And we we found out recently that we're having a, a boy, which oh, uh, it's there's going to be an adjustment period because she, my wife was pretty convinced that we were going to have a girl, oh. and uh, now we're painting over pink and. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of early to assign those gender roles. Well, it's uh, you know the previous homeowners. We we didn't jump oh, the gun necessarily, sure, sure. but the, the uh, apparently the people who lived in our house before us did have a girl. Sure. And uh, it's weird to me though that we, uh, I guess pink makes sense for a girl, but the the blue thing for a boy. I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of colors. I think a boy likes. Sure. So, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I grew up in the 70s, so my bedroom was brown. Ooh, nice. <laughs> Everything was earth tones. Shag carpet and stuff? Uh, uh, it was, yeah, pretty much. You, you got awesome. it. Awesome. Yeah. There were there were airplanes involved. I don't know. Uh, so, uh, Adam, uh, again, thank you for being on the show. Uh, we are delighted to have you. And so let's talk about comedy. Uh, how long have you been doing it? Why? And how'd you get started? So I've been doing comedy a little over 15 years. Mm. I may even be 16. I don't know. Um, It's weird because when you first start comedy, you kind of round up to sound (laughs) cool or more, I guess, uh, like you're uh, more seasoned. So you'll say, yeah, I've been doing it for three years. And really, it's been like a year and a half. Uh, but then once you get over 10 years, you start rounding down because it's just starts sounding sad. <laughs> oh, yeah. Really? So uh, I usually lie and say about eight years, but okay. it's in reality, it's twice that. Um, but I um, I I was always the uh, the class clown, the old cliche story. I was kind of a just an idiot in high school and um, was actually voted class clown uh, senior year in high school, which you know, uh, then I knew I had to. Yeah. What choice did you have? <laughs> yeah. Really? No, I just, um, I, I think I always kind of knew that I wanted to be the funny guy or make people laugh. And then I, I moved, uh, from the Muskegon area where, where I went to high school back to Grand Rapids. Um, uh, my dad was here and, um, I started working at the Bob where Dr. Grins is mm-hmm, here, in, mm-hmm. here in Grand Rapids and, uh, kind of just, started performing at the club after shifts and and uh then i just kind of got into it that way and you know never looked back really never 
Well, once. I mean, <laughs> I regret it every day. No, but... no, clearly. <laughs> so, yes, I do look back, uh, but it's too late to turn around. Oh, sure. So. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, and uh, I understand that you are a, a big fan of uh, Tom Hanks movies. You guys ever see that Tom Hanks movie? You know the one. He's a kid, goes to carnival, makes a wish on a machine, wakes up the next day as an adult on a deserted island, right? <laughs> but the only way he can get off the island is if he figures out the Da Vinci Code, but the only way he can figure out the Da Vinci Code is if he saves Private Ryan, right? <laughs> and he saves Private Ryan, gets off the island in a shrimp boat. <laughs> Sails over to Seattle where he can't sleep very well, ends up buying a house that's a money pit. <laughs> Lives in the suburbs next to some guy who he thinks is killing the rest of the neighbors, right? And he's, he's playing ping pong and his wife dies and he's sitting on a park bench waiting for a bus to come, gets out of his laptop and hears, you got mail! And it's an email from Denzel Washington telling him he has AIDS because we've seen that one. <laughs> Maybe that movie is Turner and Hooch. You guys go check that out. I saw Turner and Hooch in the theater when it came out. That's why I'm an old guy now. That's awesome. Well, I, I, the whole time I, it's, uh, first of all, it's very awkward to uh, listen to your own yeah. material. Yeah. I, I never listen back. Especially, uh, you know, with with other people present. because We're watching. It, I guess it makes you... Uh, feel like you have less of an ego if there's other people in the room at least you're not just alone but i i i <laughs> even when i should be doing it to critique myself like if i recorded yeah. a set audio or video i i just i hate everything i yeah. hate the way i my <laughs> mannerisms everything i say so it's really difficult but um uh what's really hard about doing that joke now is just there's so many people who it just goes over their head because if you're you know I don't know, 25 or younger, half of those movies you've never even heard of. Of course. So yes, it that makes hurts. me feel really old. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you didn't bring up Bachelor Party? I uh, didn't. No, and that's a good one. <laughs> and I actually, I feel like I've added a few things since I first started doing that bit. Oh, he's uh, done some more movies. Yeah. But yeah, so, so many more. I mean, he's the, he, the guy's, I think he's perfect. He's like the, uh, he's like the Tom Brady of, America's dad. Movies. Uh, that hurts. I'm not a Tom Brady fan. You know what? Even as a guy who's a Michigan fan, I'm I've never been that big of a Tom Brady fan. And it's just because the Patriots yes. have won so much that they yes. they're e it's easy to hate them. Okay. So I'm kind of blah on uh Tom Brady. But I do love Tom Hanks. He's okay. He's Good. hard to hate. Thanks yeah. for bringing that back around. <laughs> yeah. That makes me feel a lot better. I appreciate it. Um and then, uh, how much do you love crowd work? I like crowd work a lot. I saw you post <laughs> recently that you were just like, can I just do crowd work and just nothing but <laughs> yeah. that? And I'm like, I need to ask Adam about that and talk to him. So what, what's the, the allure, the fun of it? Well, if, I, if I'm being honest, I mean, a lot of it is just uh, me being lazy. <laughs> and um, especially when I, when I'll do open mics and showcases now, and there's not as much pressure to do well. <laughs> um, and, and I think 
part of the problem is probably just that I have undiagnosed uh, ADD, if not ADHD. And I, it's really hard for me to focus if someone says something or somebody breaks a glass or something happens in the room or, you know, there's a specific laugh or, I mean, you, you name it, I'll, I'll hear it or see it. And then I have to address it. Yep. Um, and it's kind of something that I always just did. And I, and I, sometimes I, I feel like the audience laughs more or has a better time if they feel like that show is very unique and they're part of that show just for them right it's it it feels more intimate i think for the comic and the audience sometimes if if you're addressing them um and just kind of messing with them uh having said that though there's times where it can kind of derail your material because I'll, I'll spend five minutes making fun of somebody. And then I go back to material and they're like, what, what are you, what is What's this? Why, what are these, what are, you, what are these jokes? Why are you? So it, now? it, uh, it can help, but also hurt you. Um, it's just always something I've really enjoyed doing. I personally just have more fun because you, even if you feel like you're writing pretty frequently, you still get into these, you know, stages where you're, you're, you feel like you're just going through the motions and I'm just up there talking and, and I, I'm almost not even paying attention to the words coming out of, out of my mouth. I just know, like, I'll know just because of the cadence, like I'll get a laugh here, then a bigger laugh here, then the biggest laugh here. And I'm not really even paying attention to what I'm saying. And then, you know, it just be, it, it, be, it becomes boring for, for me. So I could probably write more and I should write more. Um, and I should probably try to do less crowd work. But having said that, there's comics who that's their whole, sure. their whole thing. They, they're they literally doing crowd work the entire time. Granted, a lot of it is they know what people say and yeah. it's kind of scripted and it's things they've said before. But it's still more crowd work than like rehearsed it, uh, material. So it's. Yeah. It's personally, I think personally, Adam, I think you should lean into that. I mean, you're you're very good at that crowd work. Right. Actually, one of my first memories of seeing you do comedy was at the Garage Bar mm-hmm. uh, open mic, and it's it's a rough room, and everybody was getting up and just dying. And and you got up and started some material, and uh, and it was it was fine, but nothing memorable. It probably wasn't fine, which is probably why I resorted <laughs> to crowd work. Yeah, well, okay, all right, fair, fair enough. Uh, it, it was it was equivalent to the other open micers. Mm-hmm. Nice. <laughs> uh, but then you got into some crowd work and started having some conversation, and and I remember sitting there and going, "Oh, this is a different level. This is this is something very unique." Um, your ability to grab multiple little pieces from the room, from the people, from the conversation, and then tie that in in a way that people can grasp and yet find uh, find exciting and new. That I, I thought that was really cool. Well, thanks, but I mean, if I'm being honest, it it probably hurts me more than it helps me at times because rather than try to develop new material, I'll resort to that because I. I, you know, I can't swallow my pride enough to not get laughs that I, I kind of sabotage uh, my own development. Yeah. So like I so said, it, can it, be it works, crutch. it works both ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if you ever saw uh Bob Saget before there was full house. I don't <laughs> think I did. I, I do remember the first time that I listened to his, like, you know, his, the material he does now, I was blown away by, by how not 
Full House dad he was. <laughs> clearly, clearly. And and prior to Full House, he uh he would do the improv and uh-huh. and all of the different clubs and stuff with um just crowd work. Really? But it was all prepped. It was all right. so where are you from? Uh, Kansas. Oh, and I knew somebody from Kansas. Yeah, he... And 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 it would that. Mm-hmm. But it was all that it was all just talking to the audience and he'd get toward the mm-hmm. end of it and he would just go i don't know if you've noticed but i have no act <laughs> just come up here and ask people where they're from there's a, a lot of uh, jimmy pardo is a comic who does a a lot of crowd work if not all and it's it's things that you you figure out kind of halfway through like you know he's probably said a lot of these things before and you you just you the more shows you do the more you know what people will say or have an idea of, of, you know, how people will react and, and what you'll say after the fact. And, and then there's a guy named Ian Bag who's Canadian, who does a lot of crowd work too. And, and, uh, people, people love it. It's yeah. just, man, it's, it's also gotta be pretty, pretty difficult or that could probably get old after a while too, yeah, if you're saying sure. the same stuff. Uh, sometimes when I've done corporate shows, I will, do a lot of research ahead of time, mm-hmm. work with the people who are hiring me and ask them like, who's really funny in the office yeah. or at the plant or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And talk to them about that kind of stuff. Uh, who's, who's a lion's fan. Who's yeah. all that kind of stuff. People love to feel included. In, yeah. And uh, if you, like I said, if you can make them feel like, Oh, this is my, the show I'm at specifically, this is, he doesn't do this every show. And it, yeah. it makes this show different because of me. I mean, people, people seem to, you know, dig that. But. Yeah. Now the last time that I saw you face to face, and it's been a year and a mm-hmm. half ish like that. Uh, we were finishing up at the golden age at, uh, above Creston brewery during oh, laugh fest. It was the last night before laugh fest yeah, went, Nope, we're yeah. done. Just as this all COVID and quarantine, everything got started and you were hosting the late show and oh, I was on the late okay, show. Okay. Okay. And it had just been like, it was the third show of the night at that location. And the first, and I was standing in the back of the audience because there was no room. It was just crowded and mm-hmm. everybody was just killing out there. It was wonderful. And this, the second show comes out and it's, it's not quite as full, but everybody's doing really well and they're mm-hmm. having a great time. And then the third show is like, so how's everybody <laughs> doing tonight? How are you doing there, sir? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, but it was still, it was, Every show during Laugh Fest, in my experience so far, has been the best. It's mm-hmm. just, I haven't been to one as an audience member. I haven't been to one as a comic that hasn't been just one of the most fun things I've ever yeah, done. Yeah, I think because it's a comedy festival, obviously, and, yeah. and people are also um, supporting a good cause, obviously, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, raising money for Gildas. Um, and I, I don't know. I think just... Uh, usually a comedy festival audience will be better than just your average, you know, night at a comedy club. Cause it's, it's happening one time a year mm-hmm. and, um, people come out to support and they, you know, especially if there's comics who maybe don't get up a ton or don't have a lot of opportunities. So then they have a lot of people come out to see them and there's a lot of factors. Um, but weirdly, mm. At Dr. Grin's, mm-hmm. sometimes it's rough during the festival, yeah. which doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's like this is the you'd pro think, club in you, town. Yeah, you think that would be the one place <laughs> where it would always be great, but sometimes it's... I don't know if... 
a lot of those shows, it's like these companies who will buy tables yeah. because they're having like events for their employees or like, you know, they, where they're just, they've got a group of people coming out that don't know each other very well. And they're, I don't know, it's, they're weird laughers or <laughs> there's not in the good way. Weird no, there's, <laughs> it's, it's something, yeah. there, but it's yeah. every year it's kind of weird in the, in the club, yeah. which is not every show, but no. Uh, I did a show, uh, it was scheduled to be uh, across the hall in the banquet space mm -hmm. while there was a simultaneous show yeah. in, in the club the across time, the yeah. hall. And that was what was scheduled and we were all getting set up and everything. And then a couple of the comics in the club show didn't appear. And it was one of those snowy marches, you know. Yeah, of course. And then the audience for the banquet hall, which was the free show, nobody came. You know, there's like, I don't know, 10, 15 people. It's mm -hmm. a really big space. And so um, uh, Brian and uh, Josh, the the managers and assistant manager, yeah. they just came. Okay, we're moving everybody over here. Come over here. Yeah. It's like, you guys have a free show. You're coming over here. Uh, you're coming over here. We're going to just put everybody on stage. We're gonna, and they just combined it all. And we had a great time. Nice. Uh, and it, it worked out really well. But I can't, um, I couldn't imagine being in that biggest space with a handful of people. Yeah, it'd be tough. And now, you've got all the, the flip side of that. On the flip side of that. So on the flip side of that though, I know both Brian and I, our first time ever doing comedy, uh what happened to be on the same night and it was at Dr. Grin's mm -hmm. for their first timer showcase. And I couldn't have dreamt up a better mm -hmm. comedic experience. I mean, it they they were literally turning people away at the door because awesome. they were over capacity. <laughs> And everybody was there to support somebody. Yeah. And see, in a, and in a scenario like that, when you have people coming to see somebody specifically and support, then yeah. then it things sh should go well for yeah. sure. And Aaron, yeah. you had a lot of friends in the room that night. I had a, a handful of people who came up to see me as well. So, uh, and well, and that was that was a fragile time for me. You know, that was kind of my <laughs> first. Not that not that I have a time that I'm not fragile, but uh, you porcelain but, I mean, mouse. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, going through the uh, addiction recovery process, uh, going through a period of unemployment, and that was kind of my first thing of, man, I'm going to try to do this, and I, I'm so fortunate that it was a good experience. Mm -hmm. Had had it been any one of the, you know, 75 experiences that followed that, I may have not. Uh, it's always not good to start anything. to start well, get off to a good start. Yeah, for sure, that's for right. Sure. That's right. Well, let's shift gears a little bit. Adam, you've got your second album coming out. Yeah. Uh, now, when this actually drops out there and everything and people are listening to it, it it'll either be out or be out. Do you, you have a date in uh, October when it's going to come out? It's tactically going to come out in November. Oh, November. Okay. Uh, we'll be I believe the first or second week of November. But um, when I'm headlining dr grins and grand rapids at the end of the month i will have it in person that's the oh, first sweet. place people will be able to get it and the october only place 28 people... and 29 yes <laughs> so people can get it then um before it's on the internet and whatnot on you know all the streaming platforms mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. uh, uh itunes sure and, and amazon and all that um so if you come see me at the at the club here in grand rapids at the end of october you, you can get it there but i'm pretty yeah. excited it's my first album 
could have been better. So, <laughs> I, and, and we should throw the disclaimer in there that uh, you know, clean comedy time. We have comedians that are doing their clean material. Yeah. So, anytime we have Adam on a uh, clean comedy time show, uh, it's going to be clean material. Yes, uh, it doesn't necessarily apply to any time you're on stage. It'll probably right? be. I mean, if I'm being honest, part of my motivation uh, recording this last album was to be a lot cleaner and use less profanity because in order to get on serious more serious XM, which ah. can accumulate, uh, some revenue, not a lot, but, uh, some, um, you don't really want to put yourself in a corner and only be able to be on uh, the raw dog station, which is obviously not mm -hmm. clean comedy. Um, so I did make it a point this time around to, uh, be cleaner and use less profanity because then I could I could be on more serious stations. So this this last album, not uh, not as adult. So I still wouldn't recommend your children listen to it. But well, yeah, yeah, just because you don't want them to turn out like us, like me, know, yeah, yeah, right, <laughs> okay. anything uh, but that. Uh, I'm I've got a clip from your new album, it's the demo clip that you mm -hmm. got out there, so people can listen to it. And let's just uh, go ahead and listen to that. Do we still think 2020 was the worst year ever? Most of us feel like that. I actually got stage three cancer in 2019, uh, so I didn't think 2020 was that bad. <laughs> but uh, I'm sorry you guys couldn't dine in at Chick-fil-A for six months now. That must have been really tough on you people. Not being able to show how much you hate the gays in public while you eat a delicious chicken sandwich. Oh my God, what a tyrannical government. Not having cancer at home on your couch. So terrible. I'm sorry, were you not able to buy enough toilet paper to completely wrap your body in it like an American mummy? You pieces of I can already tell some of you guys don't like me. Uh, and I already don't care. Yeah, so that's things out. Well, you had one word that I squeaked I mean, out. Well, there. no, I, that's not, uh, that wasn't squeaked out. I, I had a dog toy on stage. Oh, perfect. Yeah, that's, I, that happened live. See, I've been looking for a way to really bring the profanity to my act. And uh, now I've been inspired by my I, uh That's... <laughs> I don't usually make a habit out of uh, telling the audience they're all pieces of crap, but uh, <laughs> it just happened to happen. Yeah. And so that was the one and only time. So <laughs> I get nicer after that, I promise. Oh, good, good. I'm so glad. Well, they seem to really be enjoying it. They were, and they don't always. Um, believe it or not, uh, I think even if you're talking about you having cancer, everybody knows somebody who... Yeah either has cancer themselves or has been affected by it. So it's, it's not a happy subject. It's not usually something people are used to associating with humor. So, uh, yeah, some, sometimes <laughs> people aren't on board right away, but I, I also don't talk about it the whole time I'm up there. Cause no. that, would, that would be, yeah, that'd be bad. <laughs> but you did double down on cancer. I sure did. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's time. Let's go ahead and, and talk about your cancer and, and what happened. And, and then um, some of the fundraising and things that you've done uh, since then. Yeah. So in 2019, I was diagnosed with stage three melanoma. I actually had a mole on my back since I was a kid. Um, and 
unfortunately didn't have it looked at for a long time because I had a misconception, like I think a lot of people do, that if it's something you've had since you can remember, yeah, that it uh, isn't an issue. Because I, um, I've always thought that it, it would be something that just you know appeared one day or was something new, and Ooh, that, and new. then you'd yeah. be like, yeah, that's weird. I'll have this looked at, but. It uh it changed color and shape and size and I think my wife and I are both like all right it's it's time to get this thing looked at uh, so I did they sent it to the lab uh, the biopsy came back that it was melanoma and then I had some more scans and tests and found out that the cancer had made its way to my lymph nodes putting it in stage three not ideal not the best situation but also not as bad as if it were you know in any of the organs or my brain putting it in stage four or worse. Uh, and then I had a surgery to remove the melanoma from my back originally. Uh, so that's not like a, they, they cut the, the melanoma out of me uh, initially at the dermatologist. But then later, I, you've got to get the skin around and underneath and it's it can be deep and it's not just, you know, above the skin. And then I had the lymph nodes removed that came up cancerous. It was just a few of them, but they take the rest out just as a precautionary mm -hmm. measure. So they know it won't come back to the lymph nodes around that area. Uh, and then unfortunately, after a year of treatment uh, of the following year, uh, the melanoma came back to the lymph nodes on the opposite side of my body. So now I've had a surgery to remove those. And now I'm starting, uh, I'm starting treatment again. Mm -hmm. Um, but it still hasn't made it past the lymph nodes. So it still could be much worse, obviously. And fortunately I am catching it before that point. And, um, but I, I will say mm -hmm. wear sunblock Boom. and, uh, if you've got any weird moles or anything that looks strange or that's changed shape or size and isn't symmetrical, definitely, uh, get that checked out, especially if you're a whitey like myself, uh, mm -hmm. Hungarian and, um, it's <laughs> Hungarian. a, it's a melanoma affects all. Yeah, I know. I'm bragging. Yeah, uh, clearly it, it affects a lot of people. So just, uh, keep that in mind and, yeah. uh, you know, be yeah. safe out there. Yeah. My wife's, uh, stepfather, uh, was on a third round of, mm -hmm. Uh, melanoma treatment and so on over a long period of number mm -hmm. of years and so on. He, uh, he passed away, unfortunately, um, last year. Um, okay. and, uh, it was during COVID and quarantine. How, and everything. Old, how old was he? If you don't mind me asking. I don't mind at all. He was, uh, a uh, mid sixties, 67, oh, wow. okay. I think. All and, right, uh, right. so, you know, young, young enough that, uh, you know, he had uh, quite a ways ahead of him. And, yeah. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was all like, wear sunblock in and in melanoma too. another misconception is that it's a lot of people when i first was diagnosed said something along the lines of well you know of all the cancer that's the one you want right mm. it's, and then, <laughs> i don't want any of them yeah uh but like also it's i don't think it, if anything it's one of the it's one of the worst uh cancers you can have because it can spread anywhere. It could start in the skin and end up in the you know lymph nodes brain organs um and it's also a lot of cancers, the further you get from treatment, the less likely it is to come back when in, in reality, melanoma, it's, it's almost the further you get from treatment, the, the more likely it is to come back. So it's, it's almost not a matter of if, but when, and you just hope you catch it early and deal with it. Uh, and all cancers bad. And there's, 
a lot of people that I've witnessed with my own two eyes at the cancer treatment center that have much search, much worse situations than me. Um, so I'm, uh, I'm, I'm fortunate really. And, yeah. uh, you know, I've, I've got to keep that in mind. Yeah. And then you, and you your- know, Adam, it's, uh, it's just so impressive to see your response and approach to going through stuff like that. I mean, that's, uh, um, that's tough stuff that you're talking about. Yeah. But I mean, I know I've seen other people, you know, for whatever reason, uh, the combination of a cancer struggle and comedy is, Mm -hmm. is almost common in, in this area. And, and I do know that it's, yeah, I don't know, I don't know what's in the water or, uh, (laughs) what we're doing. I think we've all got to get together and develop some more good karma because, yeah. It's uh, some of the open mic locations yeah. are clearly they have not cleared out the asbestos. Yet. They have not. It <laughs> could be that somebody somebody's using Roundup or something yeah. too often. So. That's probably it. Right. Yeah. I, I show up at shows to, uh, you know, to brag up the fact that I'm a recovering alcoholic mm-hmm. and I get upstaged every time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I got nothing. I, yeah. Well, I mean, give yeah. it time. Yeah. Hang in there, Brian. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks. It's just a no. I got I got lots of pain. I just don't talk about it on stage because, as I like to say, it's like I think therapy is good for everyone, uh-huh. but I don't recommend the well, comedy stage for where you work stuff out. If you went into a therapist and every time you had a revelation, they laughed at you. It almost made <laughs> me feel guilty or ashamed that I do talk about it, especially as often as I do. I mean, I've almost used it as like, uh, you know, as a straight white male comic, it's really hard to stand out and you don't really have anything to fall back on other than like, I could write better jokes, I guess, but who wants to do that? <laughs> so, uh, uh, I, you know, I kind of, I talk about cancer cause it, uh, it's unique, I guess, as far as comedy, although not as unique as I'd like it to be. Like you just mentioned a lot of comics we know do have cancer, but, um, I, I think, uh, what was I talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you were just saying that. Uh, yeah, that you're talking about. I'll I'll switch gears on you a little bit though, because uh, you've been doing a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron was I just saying, can't that remember you, the point I was you've trying. You've been to make. a role model mm-hmm. of how you deal with it, and um, maybe you were going to talk about uh, some of the work that you've done with uh, the 5K race yes. that you and your wife put on. Um, no, I remember the point. And okay, I'll, I'll, I'll then say. we'll do that. Okay. But uh, no, Norm McDonald had just passed away. Yes. And which is very sad. He's a legend and nobody knew he was sick. His, yeah. I don't, most of his family didn't even know. And the first, one of the first initial thoughts I had was how do you, how are you a comic that that's brilliant? That is that brilliant and, and that good of a joke writer. And you don't, you don't t- t- talk about it, let alone want to, you know, tell everybody. That's what, that's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> but he didn't tell anybody. Yeah. So I'm over here like, oh, should I not be telling people? Should I, um, yeah. should this be something personal? Um, but no, my wife and I, uh, a couple years ago, we started an annual 5K. It, it happened to be in the thick of COVID, so we made it virtual, and it, it still is, um, where every May, which is uh, Melanoma and Skin Cancer Awareness Month, we just ask people to do their own virtual 5K. We kind of give them a weekend to do it, so a 48-hour period. Uh, and we we just say, you can walk, run you know, skate, bike, uh, run in place at your house, do whatever you want, just a 5k. And then, you know, post a selfie afterwards with the the hashtag move for melanoma. And then we also ask them to 
uh, donate to the Skin Cancer Foundation if they can. And we've been able to raise uh, a good amount of money the last two years. And it's just, uh, you know, something that's important to me because obviously I want people to avoid my situation. And as many people as melanoma affects, it's it's kind of been an under-researched form of cancer. And uh, I mean, they can always use the help. So makes me feel better. I mean, that's if nothing else, that's good karma for me, at least. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I think your your point with um, Norm Macdonald in particular, just because I think we're it's all pretty fresh for us. Mm-hmm. Um, many of us admired him and um, the way that he approached comedy. I was taught by, I mean, everybody I've talked to over the last few years, it's like, always be personal. Always mm-hmm. share from yourself. One, nobody can steal your jokes then. Mm-hmm. Uh, but two, um, it's always good to connect with the audience at right. a real level and norm nothing he said was real it no, was and all... i i think i think too obviously he's in a different situation this guy's had as much success as you could ever want i mean he he did everything any comic could ever want to do the guy was a legend he was also not only was he super successful i mean he was a comics comic meaning Every comic loved him, yeah, which isn't always the case. Um, so it, he 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 certainly didn't need to talk about cancer. I mean, he and I don't think he wanted people to feel bad. I, and I, I, from what I've heard, is that he he just didn't want it to affect people's opinion of him, or he probably didn't want it to affect his comedy because it probably would have been different. Mm-hmm. So I understand why he didn't. Yeah, but I understand why people do and it's cliche to say um but it it really comedy really is therapy especially for somebody who's i mean i've never i, I probably should talk to somebody other than <laughs> other than you two guys <laughs> unless no. you guys want to be my counselor yeah, right here, now we're here for you um That's why we're here but yeah it, it really is therapy and it's i mean i've i did uh not on purpose i didn't schedule it but i <laughs> i did uh a show the day my dad passed away nice. um and uh you and Brett I, Favre yeah, yeah I've always oh man and I he, he well he performed a lot better than I did oh against the uh, Raiders <laughs> uh, I didn't throw five touchdowns um uh good because you were there for stand-up comedy yeah right that'd be that'd have been different why yeah. is, why does he get a football so yeah no I've always used comedy as as uh, a form of therapy and I've always talked about very personal things probably sometimes too much or a little too personal but um, it's always helped, I think. Well, the time has come on our little podcast to take a break, but we'll be right back. Be sure to give us a review on Apple Podcasts so it's easier for people to find us and like us on all your podcast favorites. We'll be right back. Thanks to all of you for listening to the Clean Comedy Time podcast. Yes, thank you. We so appreciate you letting us and our incredible guests share the good, the bad, and the funny. And if you're enjoying the podcast, we'd like to hear from you. Please leave us a five-star rating and a short review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Or you can now send us a voice message through Anchor, and we might just play it on an upcoming episode. To send us a voice message, go to anchor.fm slash cleancomedytime. Click the message button and record what you want to say. Thanks again, and we look forward to hearing from you. Oh, that's snazzy.
isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is snazzy. And we have covered a lot of ground already. But uh, in the second half of this podcast, we like to get into what's going well for you right now and uh, some things that you might be struggling with. Uh, so what's going well for you right now, Adam? Well, I think um, the anticipation of, of uh, the, the album that I'm going to release pretty soon here, I, I think that that's going well. Uh, and obviously, I'm excited to uh, multiply. Um, <laughs> Be fruitful. I, yes, I well, and it's you know, I'm I'm gonna have uh, my wife and I are gonna have a boy, so the the daggy name will reign supreme. Okay. Um, <laughs> the the new commission, or ju- we'll just you know continue to exist. Okay. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to have a, a child, which is something I never thought I would say. Um, but I, Congratulations. I got a little older. Do you guys have any kids? Aaron does. He had I, enough yeah, for, I, for all of us, really. I, I have 14 no. kids. No, <laughs> I do have three kids. Okay, uh, that's they're, enough. They're real ones. Yeah, that's yeah, enough yeah. for you and Brian. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, so yeah, I think... Uh, just looking forward to you know the album and a little a little bit of comedy i'm gonna headline my home club for the first time that's pretty exciting um and just uh you know enjoying enjoying family and friends so well congratulations i mean one of the greatest accomplishments that any person can have is uh headlining their home club (laughs) not 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 having children thank (laughs) you honestly though i mean (laughs) let's be honest anybody can have kids i i used to have a bit about it because i and i probably still would get rejected um but i I couldn't even get a coles card because of my credit i don't have bad credit i just don't have credit which is sure actually worse than having bad credit yeah uh and i was i just remember talking about like you know i i can't get a coles card but if i wanted to i I could have children which you've now proven (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah. there should be there should be more you know, hoops to jump through, but there's not. So you don't have to send an email to the host of the club asking (laughs) for time. Nothing. Nothing. You just, (laughs) you just have it. And then that's that. Yeah. 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 Well, having, having a kid uh, is an incredible experience. Mm -hmm. And and I mean, I know you well enough, Adam, to know that you highly value relationship. You know, the Mm -hmm. relationships that I've seen you have with, uh, with other comedians in the circuit uh, the relationship that's apparent between you and your wife, and and even like you and I, as we've met and kind of had had lunch together a couple times and gotten to know each other, it's clear that you really value relationship, and the relationship with a child is uh, it's special, and mm-hmm. it's something that you're going to lean into and just love. It is, it is nice to know that uh, I will be able to kind of know what I'm talking about now that I'm having a boy, you know, there's, there's conversations I definitely can have, uh, where if, if I had a girl, maybe, maybe not so much. So, I mean, I'm still not going to know what the hell I'm doing. My wife's going to handle most of the talking, uh, but (laughs) I can try. I'm sure I can Google some stuff. Yeah. (laughs) You just be sitting on the couch, throwing out crowd work comments every once in a while. (laughs) I mean, it is really, it's exciting, but also, you know, and everybody kind of talks about like, the, the first day you bring the child home, like they, they're just going to let me take this yeah. baby, this small human. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but yeah, like I said, fortunately my wife is, she's a real adult and, uh, I mean, I'm going to have to be, but, uh, <laughs> 
yeah, no, we're uh, we're excited. Yeah. Sure. Well, you, you are going to be an incredible dad. Uh, I think so. Well, be... listen, I'm going to remember you said that. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's yeah, the yeah. Sorrel's guarantee. <laughs> You're going to send me your child's uh, psychiatrist bills later on in life. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll just, I'll FaceTime you as I'm covered in my, my baby's poop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the definition of being a good dad though. Yeah. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> Not the FaceTiming yeah, part. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's that's exciting. Actually, all those things that you listed off, you know, of course, a new child, um, releasing another album, mm-hmm. that's that's incredible. And then, you know, headlining. I, I kind of joked about it earlier, but but in all seriousness, man, headlining uh, Dr. Grins here in Grand Rapids, that's a huge honor, and that's got to be yeah. something that feels great. It does feel great. It only took me sixteen years mm. and uh, mm. getting cancer twice. That's all I had to yeah. do. Nice. Um, and a global pandemic. Yes, so that's is, it. That's all it took. The, I just yeah. needed those three things to happen. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, it's it's been a long time coming. I can remember, you know, first getting out of work and, and uh, being asked to do the open mic so long ago. And um, I, I don't know if I ever thought it would happen. So it's cool that it uh, it finally is going to. I'm I'm pretty geeked about it. Yeah, that's that's incredible, and I'm I'm proud of you for that. I'm I'm happy for you, Thanks. and I know, yeah, you know, talking about uh, relationships, I know you've got a special relationship mm-hmm. with Dave Dyer, right? I do. That's my comedy dad. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's what I call him. He, yeah, he's also bald, he's also bald. He's in much better shape than me. He clearly has different genetics, so he can never be my biological <laughs> father. Uh, but he is my comedy dad. He's always kind of been a mentor for me. I go on the road with him a lot. We've we've got a lot in common as far as our sense of humor and uh, we just enjoy each other's company. Or at least I enjoy his. I don't know if he feels the same way about me, but um, yeah, Dave, Dave's he's, he's my guy, man. He's always, he's, I've known him for a long time and I hosted his, his, uh, his roast that he had when he turned 50. And God, now that I think about it, he is really old. Thanks. But, <laughs> I'm kidding. But no, he's, I, I love Dave, man. He's always, he's always been a really good friend of mine. And he, he's a guy who would be my friend outside of comedy if, if we didn't both do stand up. So. Yeah. I, I think that the dynamic of having a comedy dad, quote unquote, mm-hmm. I, I think that's so cool. And, and you now kind of have a comedy son, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> We'll see. Are we talking about my actual child or are we talking about a, a young open micer in town? Cause yeah, you try to steer clear of all those guys. No, there it, it is, you know, I, I'm kind of transitioning into this role now where I, 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 I am kind of one of the older guys in town and I try to take some comics under my wing and give good advice and, and uh, you know, support and also kind of try to tell them what not to do based on a lot of the things I've done wrong. Um, and it's a different time now. It's, it's definitely, it's definitely different from when I started. There's a lot more happening as far as like locally self-produced shows and stuff, uh, which is awesome. And I, I just, I try to support, but also, you know, give, give new comics good advice and whatnot. So it's, it's different. Cause I'm, I'm, I have a different role now. I used to kind of, how does that feel to be able to share that, share some of the things? That it feels learned? great. I, you know, especially with a guy who I'm probably never going to have a comedy central special or, uh, you know, 
Netflix or there's a lot of things that are probably not going to ever happen for me. And that's, that's fine. So at this point, it's just like, you know what, have fun and, and try to give back or help, help people accomplish things you never could. Um, and just, uh, you know, I I'm trying to be a, a good person. So, cause a lot of comics, if I'm being honest, when they get to the point they're headlining clubs, they, they probably don't have a lot of involvement with their local scene and, and some of the up and coming, comics and it's funny too because i always i i always refer to other comics as like yeah that kid you know a lot of a lot of them are you know and their, i appreciate that in their early 30s too oh. or just or their 50s whoever you know sure if, if they just started comedy i call them a kid but yeah you know it's uh i'm just I'm, I'm trying to give back and uh you know just help people out as much as i can because i know not everybody does that so somebody's got to yeah. well and and it's so it's so visible uh, like, like really, truly, uh, you know, from the first couple times that, that we met, you know, your, uh, willingness to just connect on a genuine level, mm -hmm. you know, that, that comes through. So, um, I, I commend you for that. And, and I thank you for that. Well, that's good to know. Thank you. Adam, uh, thanks for sharing some of that, uh, good stuff that's happening, man. Again, so proud of you. Uh, for some of the things that you're experiencing and uh, achieving. Uh, what's something that you're struggling with right now? Oh, boy. I don't, do we have enough time for this? Yeah. Um, yeah, lots of time. Well, my health, obviously, is always a concern. Um, I just started uh, some new new treatment uh, yesterday, actually. Uh, previously, I had did a year of treatment uh, that was immunotherapy where I would go in every three weeks to the cancer center and I would have an IV put in and get some medicine through a bag. This time around, I'm taking this medicine uh, or cancer treatment orally. It's kind of like a, a form of chemo. It's a, it's, it's a, I think much smaller dose or a lot less toxic than like the chemo you'd get through an IV. Um, but it is technically chemo and it comes with a laundry list of side effects, uh, everything from fatigue to, you know, fun stuff like diarrhea and uh, drug induced fevers and mouth sores and all kinds of stuff that aren't common, but can happen. Uh, the last time around, I did have some side effects, so I'm trying to avoid those. Um, and you just have to, you got to take it in the morning, but you, 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 you have to do it on an empty stomach. So you can't eat uh, for like an hour after or a few hours before. And there's some, uh, there's some obstacles for sure, especially knowing I'm on day two and I'm going to have to do it for a year. So doesn't sound fun, but I'm trying to kill cancer cells and, and, uh, I'm trying to, you know, just do anything I can. So the cancer doesn't come back. So if, I mean, if you told me that, uh, eating a plate of dog poop would, uh, help the chances of the cancer not coming back, I would probably do it. So anything but it it is just uh it's not it's not fun it's definitely not fun but having said that like i've said and i will keep reminding myself there's people in much worse positions than me i haven't had to do like the major chemo or radiation or any of that stuff um so it could be worse man and I, i'm 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 staying positive it's just it's definitely something that's always there that i that i think about you know so 
Well, you are positive. You're you're optimistic, um, and and I think that's incredible. And and I don't mean positive like denial. Mm-hmm. You're 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 a positive realist. Yeah. You know, you're talking about what you're going to go through, and it's scary. Uh, it's going to be painful. Mm-hmm. But man, when I hear you talk, I I hear life coming from you. You know, I I hear joy still. Yeah. I hear uh, you looking forward to the future and you having a willingness to go through eating a plate of dog poop or, or whatever needs to happen. And, and again, man, I commend you for that. I I think you you. are positioned well. Yeah. It's uh, it's crazy too, because this new medication I'm taking with my wife being pregnant, um, they, they told me like, if, if your wife were to handle these drugs, she would have to wear gloves. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm like, wow. and I'm swallowing this twice a day. <laughs> like that doesn't, something doesn't add up, but it's, yeah. When you take this form of uh treatment or chemo, you couldn't even, uh, you couldn't try to conceive a, a child. So thank God she's already pregnant because it could cause major complications and it's i mean it's toxic it's not it's you know it the bottle has hazard on it so it's it's not ibuprofen no but um having said that i i uh, i'm i'm i trust the doctors and the people who have done research and and i do think that it uh it works um so i'm doing it and uh, you know yeah well and and it's uh you know and in my journey through recovery, one of the things that, that I've just clung on to that has been so helpful in my daily life is the serenity prayer. You know, God mm-hmm. grant me the serenity to accept the things that I cannot change, the courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And, you know, whether it's intentional or not, you display that in spades with your approach and with your attitude towards this. So, so thanks. Thanks again for being an inspiration and an example. I don't know if I'm an inspiration, but I'm, I'm, uh, I'm just, I'm, I, I don't, uh, I'm trying to not be gloom and doom is all. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and again, I mean, your, your talents of being able to connect with an audience full of people, um, that brings joy to people. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you joked, you know, I don't always tell the audience their pieces of crap, you know, but uh, you know, you have this ability to somehow be on the side of the audience as you're, uh, as you're pointing out. Making fun of or, them. Yeah. 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 It's, it's incredible. Well, and it's, uh, it's really cool when you have people approach you after the show that have been through, you know, sickness and that same show, actually, when I told people that they're pieces of crap, uh, a lady came up after that had gone through breast cancer and she, she just thought it, she said it was, uh, refreshing to hear somebody kind of talk about cancer the way that I did. Um, where it was like, they're, you're not making fun of it or, or like, uh, talking about it, like it's not a big deal, but you're, you're kind of poking fun at things. And, um, it always reminds me of, uh, I don't know if you guys have watched the movie Patch Adams with mm-hmm. Robin Williams. Yeah. I, I got to yeah. do a Robin Williams bit where I talk about all his movies. But um, there was the one guy 
there was the one guy who was basically on his deathbed and he was a real jerk to the nurses. He was throwing bad pans at him and stuff. And the only way you could get through to him is kind of make fun of death. So he, Robin Williams goes in as patch Adams and, and like just lists off a bunch of different words for death or different terms for dying. And the guy finally laughed and opened up to him. And that was the only way you could reach him. And I think, you know, there, there's a ton of like, groups you can join uh if you're going through cancer and and you know people you can talk to and things you can do to help but sometimes i think humor gets through to people more than than those other things um so when i hear people say that it helped or it was nice to hear somebody talk about it the way you do that's that's special and that makes it feel like it was it was worth it to me you know so yeah well and to those people that are sitting in the audience you know, I mean, as you can, as, as you know, as you can relate to, you know, they're scared, mm-hmm. uh, they're feeling alone. And to see somebody who's not discounting the gravity of the situation, who's acknowledging it, right. but at the same time is still able to bring joy to a room, still able to laugh, still able to experience the rest of the world, uh, you know, that that's encouraging to people. Oh. Right. Yeah. And I mean, for me, you know, um, you know, alcoholism is that thing for me. You yeah. know, there's a lot of people that are in the audience when I start talking about alcoholism and being the unemployed alcoholic and all that, that uh, that'll spur conversations where uh, people will have a similar response. You know, wow, it's it's neat to see somebody who's struggled or is struggling that can still do this or that, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and, and for me, that was, that was a big thing early on when I was, you know, actively involved in alcohol abuse, uh, to the point of addiction. Um, when I looked around, I didn't necessarily see people that were free of alcoholism that were living lives that were appealing, (laughs) you know, it, uh, it was out there. And, and then to, to, see an example of somebody who's battling some of the same stuff and still a positive, uh, uh, a positive persona. That's, that's important. And that's a role that you play, uh, for people that are struggling. Absolutely. Well, Adam, I understand you have a brand new website. I do. Is that going to be then the way that you prefer people to find you and reach out to you? Probably not. Uh, <laughs> I think it's I think it's okay. I made it myself, so I'm I'm not yeah. uh, I'm not a web creator. But uh, fortunately, with the technology we have today, it's a lot of these build your own sites are pretty pretty user friendly, and I was able to put something together. So it's adamdeggycomedy.com. I made it through Squarespace. It's live now as of today. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you can get on there. You can find uh, where I'm performing. Watch some videos. Uh, you can contact me if you want to book me or just Mm -hmm. chat or tell me I stink or whatever you want to tell me. (laughs) And there's Um, also links there to uh, everything else. Yes. I've got the links to all my social media. And in reality today, I think most people over there discovering a comedian and they want to find out where they're performing. They're probably doing it through their social media, Mm -hmm. but bookers still want you to have a website and it's still important to have one. So I, I just, uh, rather than fork over a ton of money for somebody to build one for me as somebody who's not 
famous and isn't profiting as much as I'd like to from comedy. It made sense for me to make my own. And now I've got one. So I'm a, yeah. I'm a professional again. Well, I saw you post about it this morning. I, I went to the website. I looked at it. I watched a couple of videos. Okay, nice, nice. And it works. And it does Perfect. exactly what you wanted to do. That's this all I need to hear. Who I am, how to get a hold of me if you want right. more than what's already here. Perfect. Perfect. You that's, don't need anything more than that. That's what we're going for. Terrific. Uh, so, Adam Diggy, uh, we're going to find you uh, at Dr. Grin's in Grand Rapids, October 28 and 29, yes, headlining. Sir. Be great. You got a brand new album coming out, and uh, that is called Limp Nodes. Yes. Will be coming out in November. <laughs> uh, you can still find his, was it his name? Is your name too? His like? name is my name too. My name too. Close right? enough. Yeah, yeah. Same thing. Uh, that's still out there mm-hmm. that people can that's find. That's on the internet, the first album. Yes. Yeah. Uh, other than that, thank you so much for, thanks for having me guys. I've, I've, I've heard good things. I was actually, uh, I did a show with Nardo Sosterhart and, uh, Simon Carlson last night. They've both, they're both, uh, veterans, veterans of the podcast. (laughs) Their pictures are probably framed somewhere. Uh, and they, they had nothing but good things to say. And Nardo's, I, I, I said to her, I was like, how did you do the podcast? Cause she, I don't, I don't know if you've ever spoke to her or saw oh. her act, but she cusses a lot. I know. <laughs> I know. She's very filthy. Just, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, she's the <laughs> nicest person ever maybe she in really the history is. of the world. <laughs> but both of those guys said good things and good things all confirmed today, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you bet. Right. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening to the Clean Comedy Time Podcast. We bring comedians together performing their clean material at showcases, fundraisers, and other events. Our shows are free from course language and topics. They work for anyone, anywhere. Check out cleancomedytime.com to find an upcoming show or to bring Clean Comedy Time to you. 